Recording started. Hi, I'm Dr. Gustav von Sand. I'm the head of the DSL Lab and Cosmology program here at the station. This is my second season on the ice. Dr. Van Zandt, can you confirm that although you are not detained nor in custody, that I have properly advised you of your constitutional right to not speak with me or your right to have an attorney present at any time? You fully understand those rights and you've elected to freely provide this interview with no coercion from myself nor anybody else. Yes, that is correct. Thank you. Now, doctor, you arrived shortly after Dr. Jovag did in the MAPO lab. You were called by him? Also correct. My lab, the DSL lab, is only a short walk from Mapo. I can get there the fastest, and Dr. Jovak knew I always start my day at 0700. You know, I'd respond. And approximately what time did he call you? Somewhere between 9.29.30, if I remember correctly. Would you please describe the scene when you arrived and were shown to Dr. Rodney's office? I don't think I've ever seen so much blood in all my life. Dr. Rodney is clothed, soaked in blood, and he was already blue. Horrible. Just horrible. And beyond this, there wasn't anything of significance you can recall. Anything out of place or odd. Finding that bodies may be a Thursday event for you, Deputy Marshal, but I hope you understand after being called by Jovac to assist and seeing my dead and murdered colleague on the floor, I did not take the time to inventory the room. I'm sure, Doctor. I was, of course, referring to reviewing the photos and video of the scene taken later that morning. I've reviewed those photos and video multiple times by myself, and if you would recall, in your presence during our first interview, I'm afraid there is little more I can offer. Okay. Tell me about the ice tunnels, Doctor. What of them? Those are maintenance tunnels, from what I've heard. Scientists do not tend to be down there. Hmm. I got an opportunity to visit the tunnels about a week or so past. Very impressive. I like the gravity well sign somebody hung. Very humorous. If you say so. Funny thing, however. The back wall. Um, uh, it was uh, very odd. Look, I am not quite sure what this may have to do with me. But I am a very busy man, my work, my experience. So then you aren't affiliated with Atlas? I, I'm, I'm not familiar with that project, Deputy Marshal. Really? Because I never said it was a project. How'd you know that? The look on your face, the sudden absence of color to your cheeks, increased breathing, and sudden eye dilation tells quite a different story. That you are indeed familiar. Uh, uh, um, uh. Oh, come on, Dr. Van Sand. Do you honestly think I would have been sent to this station without being fully briefed, without being informed about Atlas, about Beauregard Lowen research and development, about Madeline Dante's? At, at this time, I assert my Fifth Amendment right to remain silent as well as the Sixth Amendment right to have counsel present. Funny, you talk openly about a murder investigation where you were in the vicinity of the deceased pre-discovery at a minimum making you a potential suspect, but this, this you evoke your rights over. 
At this time, I assert my first amendment. Yes, yes, doctor, I acknowledge you have evoked your constitutional rights. It's all documented on the formal record as well, so sit at ease. I'm gonna go on talking even though you have no obligation to answer. Dr. Van Zandt, were you aware that Dr. Rodney was formally applying aggressively seeking to take over your grant when it was renewed next year? According to those documents, he petitioned NSF to be awarded the position of MAPO and DSL division head and had, well, let's just say a less than professional opinion of your scientific capabilities. Oh, you feel free to look through those, doctor. Those are eight pages of submissions to the Office of Polar Project with his formal critique of you and lack of leadership over the other scientists. And I'm still not clear on what fatuousness even means. Enough! I have no intention to remain here and to be insulted. Am I free to leave, Deputy Marshal? Those aren't my words, Doctor. They're Dr. Rodney's. However, it does make for the potential for a solid motive to commit murder, wouldn't you say? I wish to leave. Am I free to go? You are not detained, Doctor. This interview is voluntary, and you are free to leave at your discretion. Deputy Marshal Bass Marlow, interview of Dr. Gustav von Zant, suspended with the interviewee's request as he vote constitutional rights, 7 December 2021, 11.30 hours. Recording stopped. Diane, it's 12.30 and I'm in my quarters. I have to admit I have mixed feelings about returning here. While I'm confident the chemical contamination has been dealt with, Returning to the scene of the crime, figuratively and literally, is something entirely different. <clears throat> uh, it took me several days, but I finally convinced Zeke to stop providing me with round-the-clock guards. His heart's in the correct place, but it's entirely unnecessary. Drop ceiling's been fortified with a mesh grid above the ceiling tiles to ensure nobody else can drop anything into my berth. Beyond that, I have to accept that little more can be done. I'm feeling almost back to normal. <clears throat> uh, this week, my breathing hasn't been painful at all. There was only one instance where I had to use the inhaler. The nauseous feeling went away after a few days, and I'm not getting winded so quickly. I don't know if the cold, dry air helped or hindered, but I'm certainly happy to be back. Completed my re-interview of Dr. Gustav Van Zandt. I rattled his cage reasonably well. And while the response he demonstrated showed he was holding back, I don't think it was about murder. Only Project Atlas they're working on. Also reasonably confident I can clear him as a suspect in the murder of Dr. Rodney as well as my attempted murder. If he had been the one to take back the thumb drive, he would have looked at it first, wanting to know what I had. He would have seen the emails and references to Project Atlas. When I mentioned it to him, facial color pallor, respiration, perspiration, and pupil dilation all showed fear. He wouldn't have acted that way had he already known what I was aware of of Atlas. Here's how I predict this will go. It's been an hour since I spoke with Van Zandt, two hours since talking with Jovac. By this point, one of them will have to run to Wainwright, worried how I could have learned about Project Atlas, Madeline Dantes, and the rest. If those emails I found are to be believed, 
only four people on the station knew about Atlas, Wainwright, Jovac, Van Zandt, and Rodney. With Rodney dead, they'll be paranoid of each other, and potentially whoever was sent down to replace Rodney. Huh. Figure out who replaced Rodney. Their paranoia will be at an all-time high. Which will lead Wainwright to contact his pals at Bolo? No, no. No, I'm way off on that, Diane. That's not Wainwright's style. He's primarily concerned about his image, his own PR. Telling Bolo I found out means security down here was breached, which would directly reflect his ability as station manager. No, he'll wait a bit. He'll wait to see if I approach him with Project Atlas. Yes. I know the whole proverbial, does he know that I know that he knows issue. I think the best thing to do is leave the ball in their court and see what they do with it. Dude. Well, we just had another power blip. Second one this week. Generally, at any other location, that would be a true non-event here. Where life support depends on electrical supply constantly, a power blip will be taken very serious. No doubt Zeke and his crew are scrambling to start diagnosing the system. <clears throat> Finally, Diane, on a personal level, and I know this will come as no surprise, that Yule's spirit even strikes at the opposite pole from Father Christmas. In the halls and on the bird doors, I'm seeing decoration and lights going up. In a few more days, I'm expecting to see ugly sweaters and the tree or menorah being put up in the galley. I'm just, uh, I'm just not one for holiday celebrations. Ever since, uh, well, my wife. Well, let's just say I haven't had much need for celebrations or people or Yuletime cheer. <laughs> This year, though, this year is different, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I'm hungry, Diane. Time to see what they're serving for lunch. Ah, Tovarish. Come, sit with me. Share my table and good holiday cheers. Thanks, Mikhail. I appreciate that. What are you writing? Haiku. Well, it may be haiku one day. If I get an ending, it's just high right now. You write haiku poems. Yet, I write half-finished poems. Uh, no matter how hard, I cannot come up with ending I like. When may I ask did you become interested in learning to write haiku? Eh, it is old story, same as with most people, I suppose. I was traveling and saw writing in beautiful Japanese characters. I asked man behind counter what it was, and he said haiku poems. Now, I know what you think, Hanyas. I do not understand why haiku in Aleppo, but I... Aleppo, Syria. There is more than one Aleppo? No. It, mm. You're at a market in Aleppo discovering a Shinto-based form of expression in a predominantly Muslim country? Duh, like I said, story told many times. May I? Sorry, yes, of course, please. You have my full attention. So, 
Marketman tells me go down street, turn right, walk to man with monkey and organ, make right, and on and on until I get to beautiful temple. That is where I meet haiku master Steve Katzenberg. <clears throat> uh, forgive, forgive me. Um, and I don't mean to profile at all, but I have to ask. In a Muslim country, and a name like that, I assume... Oh, that, he was Canadian. Okay, uh, didn't see that coming. Please go on. For three weeks, I visit each day, and each day he shows me haiku poems, famous poems, and newer poems, show me the meaning and how they all deal with nature. Is very moving. So you asked to learn. I wanted to learn that overish. I had already mastered painting, sculpture, woodworking, origami, glass blowing, weaving, but no art with words. This, this is Mikhail's goal. Steve Katzenberg? To be fair, he did study with Ojiwar Sansuo, and it was Master Sansuo teaching the purest and most meaning haiku are written where season is harsh and long. So, Steven Katzenberg went to the desert where people would not understand him, or even worse. You understand now, harsh season, long season. It is what I wish to do. To master, I must find most brutal and longest season of all. So, Miguel, come here. You came here to the South Pole as a custo- eh, 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 eh. Excuse me. As a janitor. Spasiba. To master the art of haiku? Well, and to pick up and clean after smarty pants science people, but uh, for haiku as well. Until I can finish most perfect haiku, I will keep the station clean and pure. And in time, the station, she will reward me. Mikhail, I used to think you were among the most interesting people I ever met on this station. Now I'm gonna say top three in my life. Mech. This means you'll need to meet more people if I am most interesting. And you seriously learn how to paint, weave, and sculpt? It's not hard. Art is reflection of inner youth, Overish. The more you learn, richer the inside of you. The more you grow, the guts become... Uh, do you mean soul? Uh, soul, uh, maybe yes, maybe no. What do you believe, Tovarish? When what you see and what you experience make questions to you on what you think is truth, what then do you believe in? You may learn this lesson soon yourself at station. More wisdom from Buddha? Yet, his philosophy. I mastered that also. Lived in Fiji for two years. Happy to tell you this story too, but now I have to go back to janitoring. Station does not clean itself. I could not inspire without service. Nuts. Yet, too many syllables. Good luck, Mikhail. Steve Katzenberg? Deputy Marshal, 
Do you have a quick moment? Absolutely. Please, join me. Oh, uh, there, there, there's no need to stand. Manners are their own reward, Mr. Retcher. <clears throat> now, how can I help you? Well, I'm... Um... I'm not sure if this is something big or important to your investigation, but I, I thought I should mention something, uh, just in case. Any detail, no matter how small you think it is, may have significance, Mr. Retcher. Please, what is it? The power flickers we've been having. Uh, the flash of lights. It was the same in my Amundsen Scott before I arrived here. Same as you. Oh, right. I apologize. I forgot for a second. At the Amundsen Scott in your dimension. <sighs> I'm sorry. This was a mistake. Wait, 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 wait. I apologize, and I hope that didn't come off as condescending. Please explain. I'd very much like to hear this. Okay. In the two or three weeks before I found myself here at this station, I recall the lights would occasionally flicker, and directly afterward there would be this, uh, well, uh, I, I don't know what it's called. It it's a purple and blue mist around the light fixtures. Hmm. Well, I've absolutely seen the lights flicker several times this week, but uh, I can't say I recall seeing any mist around the bulbs afterward. How could you not? It, it swirls around every bulb in sight for two to three minutes after the flickering ends. A visual instance like this would be difficult to miss. <clears throat> Has anybody else seen this? This mist you're speaking of? No. After it happens, I don't see anybody noticing them. It's like it's just a commonly accepted occurrence. Although, I never thought it could also be because they don't see them as it I do. It could all be a straightforward explanation. Uh, some people have been known to have reactions to blinking or pulsating lights. It's not uncommon at all. Have you seen or spoken to Doc Ambrose? No. If for no other reason, it would rule out eye problems or <clears throat> sensitive reactions to light. <laughs> Mr. Etcha, I'm curious. I'm told there are differences between the reality you come from and this one. Do you think you could give me some examples? <laughs> you believe now in alternate realities. Let's just say I'm curious. Just curious for now. Okay, okay, well, um, I can't say I know all the differences between the two. Most are tiny things. Um, a television show is known as X-Files instead of X-Files, one word. Mm. Um, people thinking John Lennon was shot after he autographed a double fantasy album, when in reality, it was Walls and Bridges. Interesting. Not sure I would have known those differences myself, but okay. Anything major, like significant differences? Only two significant differences I know of thus far. I, I mean, I haven't exactly been reading history books, but just from news reports and speaking with people. Germany wasn't reunified until 2004. The Berlin Wall didn't go down in 1989 as it did here. The other significant difference I've seen was who your last president was. We had a whole different person. 
Night and day difference, let me tell you. Hmm. Well, it sounds like the minor differences are what you run into more often. Uh, correct. Little things like um, uh, Pluto's status as a planet. That's different. Um, uh, Toys R Us stores. That's not the same. And, uh, and Zuckerberg, the Facebook guy? Shouldn't he be wanted for tax evasion by the feds and hiding out in China to escape extradition? Differences like that. Uh, well, honestly, I think it sounds like the little things kind of outweigh the more <laughs> oversized. Wait, who was the last president in your reality? What? No way. Seriously? Well, from my perspective, it happened and was still happening when I arrived here. I mean, it was the first time I knew things were off when somebody said the president's name. It makes one wonder how different things could have been. Thank you for hearing me out. I I hope it helps your investigation in some way. Oh, it was my pleasure, Mr. Retcher. And keep in mind what I said about considering seeing the doctor. I will. Thank you. No, thank you. Steve Katzenberg? Uh, what about one of the summer huts? The Jamesway huts? Nah, no good. We don't use them in the winter. They're too cold and too remote to the main station. <sighs> I'm hoping that I won't still be here over the winter. But if I don't catch a suspect and investigation goes into winter, I'm gonna need a place to cure them once they're caught. You can't just put them in a berth with a guard. We need something. How about a cage? Mm. Not all that hard, I guess. I just need some thick rebar, metal slats, and a locking mechanism. But where to build it? Do you think Franklin wants a roommate? Do not go there. You don't want that thing getting that killer's head. He will make your situation ten times worse. Yeah, you're probably right. Okay, uh, maybe one of the offices in administration. No. But my office. I don't ever use it. Central to the area. We could reinforce the walls if we had to. A suspect could yell and fuss all they wanted, which would be hard to hear. Damn, Zeke. Not bad. I told you I was more than just a pretty face. When I find this person, how long for you to weld it all together and be ready? Hmm. Say, uh, half a day. Full day, Max. Perfect. Go ahead. Phone call, sir. Washington, D.C. Route it to your desk. Patch him through. Deputy Marshal Marlowe speaking. Sub-Deputy Marshmallow. Jocelyn, why the hell are you calling me? Because you, you dumb shit, just managed to piss off the big bosses in the DIA. What the hell are you talking about? Why call me? You hate me. And please, please believe me when I say I owe you a bullet Ugh. to the Nine Ring. Still the worst foreplay ever, huh, Marshmallow? Look, I'm calling out of professional courtesy. Call it me protecting my interests to make sure I get to erase you and not some crew cut in a polyester suit with seven brain cells. Drop Atlas. And just what the I hell? am not shitting around with you. You know, I know. You ran your mouth off in that interview. Bad form, Marshmallow. Amateur hour time, huh? You should have played that to the river. Your Texas hold them always did suck. Well, I can't tell you just how happy I am you called, bitch. Only warning. Be a good boy and stick to your dead egghead. Find the bad guy, eat a donut. Remember, when you get comfortable, when you let your god die... Everything okay there, Marshmallow? Just great. 
Hi friends, Brian Bradley here, creator of 90 Degrees South. And I'm Trent Shemoy, voice actor for 90 Degrees South. We have a few announcements we want to share with all of you today. First and foremost, we have been blown away by all the support everyone has shown our, our wacky little show. Subscribes, listens, support, and comments on the socials, private messages saying how much the show means to you. It means even more to us. Oh, no doubt. This show has been a labor of love in a way to make sure that the light of positivity remains lit in this world, even inside of these darkest of times. Uh, good, a good buddy of ours actually lit that initial spark and we are honored to carry on that light through this show. We also wanted a way to have the fans hold on to part of the show and be involved. So, so we, we got, got merch. merch. If you go to our show's homepage, 90degreespodcast.com, that's the number 90 and then the words degrees podcast, all smushed together.com, you'll see a link that will take you to our storefront. Pole Mart. Great name. Here you'll find all the merchandise you could ever want. T-shirts, hoodies, stickers, onesies, mugs, bumper stickers, and so much more. Sport some merch to support your friends on the ice and promote the show through the sick swag you'll get. We're also happy to announce that 90 Degrees South has its own Patreon. If you go to our show's website, you'll see a link that will take you to Patreon where you can also show your support and get items and perks exclusive to Patreon members. Bloopers, alt takes, outtakes, enamel pins, signed scripts, and a shout-out on the show itself. Check it out by typing in 90 Degrees South in Patreon's search field or visiting 90DegreesSouth.com. That's it from us knuckleheads today, but on behalf of both of us, as well as the other voice actors, thank you all for the love and support, the likes and the listens, the tweets and the passing along the show by word of mouth. It can be just as potent as a marketing campaign and helps us keep going. Thank you. Now, back to our outro, man. This has been 90 Degrees South. On behalf of the cast and crew, I'd like to thank you for listening. If you liked the episode and are enjoying the series, please remember to give us a like, a share, a tweet, send a raven, or review on iTunes, Audioboom, or your favorite podcast site. It helps us to get the word out and keeps the cold at bay. Until next time. This has been a BMB production.